How many of you had that little toy that you cranked the handle on the side, it played some music, and before the end of the song, the lid popped open and out came a clown? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, honestly, I don't know why, but the other night, maybe it was around 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30, I woke up and I was thinking of a jack-in-the-box. You know, that little toy where you crank the handle and it played the little tune. And and as little, I've watched little babies and I'm sure that I did it myself. I mean, I had one, I think it was made by, by Mattel, probably back in the early 1950s. And, and little children would be easily occupied by cranking that handle and, and they couldn't wait for the lid to pop open and the little smiley face, face clown would, would pop out. Now, why that would be running through my mind at 3.30 in the morning, I don't know. But as I tried to go back to sleep, I began to put it into context in the world in which we live. In just a short amount of time, and when I say short, I'm talking in terms of of time from a biblical perspective. 60, 65, 70 years. How things have radically changed. And the other day, we were talking on this program. I had uh, Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales was on that day, and, and he made the statement, and he's so accurate, that these days we're taking, or I should say, the left of this world those that are trying to change the world, those that are trying to put you into a different ideology, those that are trying to raise your children for you, those that are trying to tell you what you're allowed to think, what you're allowed to do, they're taking two steps forward, but they're allowing one step back. And they do this for a purpose, and I want you to understand this. We're going to talk about several things today, and I'm not sure how it's going to tie together. But this has really been keeping me up a couple of nights, and and the other night really bad, and last night, yeah, thinking about this program and what the message that needs to get out more than any other message that I've ever shared with you, more than any other topic we've discussed I don't want you to be deceived any longer. Whether you are a conservative or whether you are a Christian or both, all too often, you're being played. You're you're being deceived. You're not being treated honestly. And so I kept thinking, we get entertained by cranking that handle and the little, and the clown pops out. But it's more dangerous than that. We are coming to a time where we are on the verge of a total self-destruction. In the 1960s, they would would think that we're on the eve of destruction. But we were not quite there. And the reason was that we still had a modicum of morality and faith even in places like Europe, Australia, Canada, and in particular the United States. All that now, 
is, is just dust in the wind. Churches are not what they once were. When I came along, living in a, a mid-sized city, village, town, whatever you want to call it, churches on Sunday were packed. Many service, many churches had more than one service because they didn't have room. Those days are, are over for the most part, unless they're entertainment venues. And even then, the coronavirus uh, put a damper on a lot of that. I think a permanent damper. We are not the society we were 30, 40, and 50 years ago. And the thing that really triggered me the other day, and I hate to use that word, that's one of those leftist terms, oh, you're triggering me with your, with your hate speech or some silly nonsense. But what really got under my skin. Now, in what I do, I'm on a lot of mailing lists. I need to be so I can try to get the news to you. And I do a lot of reading every day, and I get a lot of junk email. And, and I get a lot of text lately from everybody wanting money. They want money for these candidates to, to win in November. We're going to take back the House. We're going to bring back America. We're going we're gonna to fix it now. We're really going to fix it. Just believe me, we're going to fix it. Just send us your gift of $100 or more. Or give us a gift of five hundred. We have a six-time matching gift. What kind of not? What kind of fool do you think I am? It's a game. The whole thing is a game. They're not going to fix anything. When have they ever fixed it? When have they fixed it? I've been voting. I said this the other day. I have been voting this year. Will be the fiftieth anniversary of the first time I went into a voting booth to vote. 50 years. And I kept voting for the candidates that promised to fix America. Lower taxes. Get rid of the debt. Let's undo Roe versus Wade. That came a little later. We'll get conservative judges on the bench. We've been lied to and played. You know, the only thing that comes to my mind as this stuff comes in the mail and people blindly say, yeah, yeah, let's vote for that guy. We're going to get it fixed. I, I think of this stupid scene from an old movie, which I hate to admit that I watched, from Animal House. Do you remember this scene? Thank you, sir. May I have another? And just... Like that scene of a college student going through, shall we say, hazing week for a fraternity, conservatives line up every two to four years and four years, and, and we do the same thing. Yes, sir. Yep, we do the same thing each and every time. We promise to support, we promise to vote for these people because they keep telling us the same lie we want to hear. And just like the character in Animal House. Thank you, sir. May I have another? We willingly go to the polls and vote. Many of you, including myself in the past, have sent candidates money and support. I look back. Over the past 50 years, how much better, this is an honest question, how much better 
has government really done to make our lives significantly better that the, uh, shall we say, private sector couldn't have done just as well, if not better? On Tuesday, I reminded you what happened in 2008. Barack Obama beat John McCain, who was running for president in 2008. It was his turn, as they, they say. And I wasn't certain, even before the economic downturn that occurred that summer in 2008, I wasn't convinced that um, John McCain could even win. He's not. He wasn't really a conservative by any stretch of the imagination. And, of course, the economic downturn assured, it all but assured, Barack Obama taking the presidency. Then the Republicans ran Mitt Romney in, in 2012, and they wanted that money to stop the Obama agenda. Remember how we were promised, starting, starting as soon as 2010 came, and we had the, the Tea Party movement, 2010. We're going to get in there, and we're going to get rid of Obamacare. It's going to make health insurance too expensive. It's not right. It's a federal takeover of 20% of the economy, blah, 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 yaddy, yaddy, yaddy noise. We're going to fix it. And so while Barack Obama was president, you know, the Republicans who now had the House and the Senate kept passing legislation to repeal Obamacare. And, of course, it was vetoed. 2012, Obama wins re-election. And they redouble their efforts. We're going to get rid of Obamacare. Remember that? You were lied to. They had no intention of getting rid of Obamacare. It's a federal program. It's now ingrained. It's not going away. But they can bluster, fluster, make a whole lot of noise. And you'll go to the polls and do as they tell you. I'm sick of clickbait stories coming to me from some of these news agencies. They're nonsensical, they're silly, they're meaningless, they don't go anywhere except they want your money and your attention. Yeah, you need to be ready for the uh, uh, for what's coming next, and, and we can sell you all the goods you need. This ought to make Nancy Pelosi get really angry. Read this story. How much of this silliness do you put up with every day? I'm putting up with way too much of it. We're being lied to by a bunch of phonies that call themselves conservatives. They're not. Because, see, when we finally did have a majority and we had the presidency, the rhinos showed their true colors when the time came in the United States Senate to repeal Obamacare with a president ready to sign that legislation, John McCain stuck, he basically spit on your face if you're a conservative, told you where to go, and rejected it. And here we are, all these years later, it could have been gone five, six years ago, but no, no. No, it could have been gone five years ago. 
but it didn't happen. Why? Because the rhinos that run most of the Republican Party are nothing but reprobate liars that play you for an idiot. You are, as Stalin thought about many in the Soviet Union back in the 20s and 30s, you're a useful idiot. Send us your money. We talk about the tech tyrants of this world. By the way, before I get to that, I mentioned the other day, and I, I found this audio clip. It doesn't last. It, it, it lasts a couple of, about a minute or so. And I have two audio clips, actually, that go back to 1961. 61 years ago. Dwight Eisenhower getting ready to leave the White House just before the inauguration of John F. Kennedy. And I'm not going to go into the details of who Eisenhower was. I think that most of this audience should know. Besides being the supreme commander of the Allied forces in Europe, president from 1950, elected in 52, served from 53, January 53 to, uh, what, January of 61. And so he had seen the transformation in his lifetime of America, we never had had really a military-industrial complex prior to the Second World War. We kind of geared over to make what we needed. But Eisenhower, in this speech, I don't want I wish I had time to play it all, but I want to play this little clip of what he had to say and his warning for the future. And then I'm going to mention a couple of things. Then I have one more clip that is often forgotten from the same exact speech. Now, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals. So that security and liberty may prosper together. In that one minute and 21 seconds, former President Dwight Eisenhower said a tremendous amount. So much of it has been forgotten in the midst of time. You know, time marches on. And what's really scary is how prophetic and how accurate he was in his assessment in 1961. Now, remember, 
20 years prior, in 1941, the United States was woefully unprepared in terms of military and war. We, we just weren't. We had been, uh, shall we say, as I look over history now, it was Woodrow Wilson that had us jump into the tail end of World War I in Europe. And that got us entangled there pretty much forever, for the last hundred years or more, more so than ever before. We were unprepared for World War II. And with all the massive spending, and remember, I mean, I was not alive then, but my parents and grandparents were, and I've studied history enough out of curiosity in order to win this war. And and look, Americans were pretty much on board with winning this war. We had a unity in this country. We did without. We had gas rationing, food rationing. Women were leaving their home for the first time to work in aircraft factories. That's where Rosie the Riveter came from. We geared up to build overnight what Dwight Eisenhower called the military-industrial complex. And people probably thought in 1945, when the Japanese surrendered, we can all go back to purely a peacetime economy. Well, that didn't happen. The Soviet Union comes into being. They keep the lands that they took as they pushed out the Germans on their way to Berlin. They kept Poland, Czechoslovakia, half of Germany, and other points and places in Europe following the Second World War. They also developed atomic power, atomic bombs, and became very competitive with all that we were doing in the United States. Call it paranoia, call it a desire to conquer the world, call it whatever you want. And we ended up by the early 1950s with this concept of MAD, M-A-D, MAD, Mutually Assured Destruction. And so our military-industrial complex kept creating bigger and better weapon systems, bigger and worse bombs, more accurate armament, faster aircraft, missiles, all kinds of technology, which were funded by the federal government. Now, starting in, in World War II, we had what were called war bonds because we didn't have the money at the federal level to pay for this war, so the United States government would tell people, buy a war bond every payday to help get victory in, in Europe and Japan and get our boys home sooner. People bought these war bonds, knowing they would make a little profit when the war was over and so many years had gone by, they could cash them in as part of their retirement or savings or whatever the case may be. The federal government started doing something that years before it never really had to do except extremely short term, like during war, started borrowing money. And they kept borrowing money and borrowing money by the time of Dwight Eisenhower, the amount of money in the national debt, even accounting for inflation, was rather small. 
in, in other words, in terms of the gross domestic product of the United States, it was tiny, manageable. But a lot of people, even Dwight Eisenhower, as you, as you kind of could hear in what he was saying, and something I'm going to share here right now, you can't keep borrowing this money forever. When do you have to pay it back? Here we are, 61 years ago, over 61 years ago, Dwight Eisenhower warning about this just rampant spending by the government and borrowing money, and where's it going to lead? Another factor in maintaining balance involves the element of time. As we peer into society's future, we, you and I, and our government, must avoid the impulse to live only for today, plundering for our own ease and convenience the precious resources of tomorrow. We cannot mortgage the material assets of our grandchildren without risking the loss also of their political and spiritual heritage. We want democracy to survive for all generations to come, not to become the insolvent phantom of tomorrow. Even in 1961, Dwight Eisenhower saw the danger of federal debt, this addiction to federal money and federal programs. He saw the big danger in the military-industrial complex. He didn't have a clue what was about to happen in about four years. In just four years from the time that he left the White House. Now, if you noticed in the two audio clips... President Eisenhower talks about the spiritual condition of our nation. And and truly, overall, it was a vastly different spiritual condition in America. People went to church. Crime was a lot lower. People could leave their doors unlocked even in big cities. You didn't worry You didn't worry about carjackings, drive-by shootings. There were troubles, yes. There were problems, yes. But they were in the lesser categories in that world. Children, well, they they learned not to talk back to their parents and teachers. There There was respect. People learn to be responsible for themselves and their being. And those that wouldn't take care of themselves, well, society, you know, just, they were looked down upon, to be honest. They believed in that biblical adage, he who will not work shall not eat. And I understand there are those that, because of medical conditions and real issues, can't, but I, but that's, that's different. That's where charity... And Christianity should come into play. And here, Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, he's warning about debt. And like I say, the debt was minuscule. Yet in the past 10 years, we just keep piling on not millions, not billions, but trillions of dollars with a T. Our debt now is worth more than the entire gross domestic product of the United States. We are underwater. We owe more than we are worth. 
where the $100,000 house with a $120,000 mortgage on it. This can't be sustained. And, and every year, every year we add more debt. And who's buying that debt? China. Places that are not all that friendly. And, and if you don't really understand this, and, and I want to keep this as simple as I can, you look at the price of gold, you look at the buying power of a dollar on most commodities. Yes, I'll grant you electronics are cheaper today because it's easier and faster to produce them. There's a whole different entity going on. We're not hand-wiring television sets and radios with big, expensive parts. But in most other things that we purchased and buy, our buying power. From the founding of this nation all the way until the 1930s, the the value of gold and the value of the dollar were pretty stable. That's a long time. That's like 140, 150 years of stability. Then with debt, it went up a little bit. When the federal government repoed all the gold, it went up a little bit. When we went off the gold standard and we had this phony tagline, look at, look, I've got some money right here in front of me, not much. I'm not wealthy, believe me. What's it say? This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. That's what it says on, on, on any of your currency. This note is legal tender. And it is based upon what? Gold? There used to be silver notes. Is it based upon silver? You used to be able to get silver dollars and even paper silver dollars, you know, where you could trade it in for silver. No. Now it says it's a Federal Reserve note. A Federal Reserve note. Based on the good faith and credit of the United States, which is in debt. What is a note? It's a debt. This is not a dollar. This is a this is a piece of paper for unsecured United States. Well, for debt based on the good faith and credit of the United States. I can remember back when I started my broadcast career in earnest. I mean, I'd got my, some of my schooling behind me and everything else. So we're talking mid seventies. And people in my industry in small-town America made between $100 and $150 a week as a radio announcer. And if you're a young person going, man, how did you live on that? It was pretty easy. Gasoline was like $0.35 a gallon, $0.40 a gallon. Top of that, you know, I could... Buy a house for $18,000, new, new house, $18,000, brick house, one and a half bath, carport, new, nice subdivision, not $150,000 or $160,000 or $240,000, food a lot cheaper. When I got married, and I can remember to feed our family at that time. And and I had married somebody, and I had married a ready-made family. Another story for another day. 
our grocery budget was $30 a week, period, $30 a week. And we had money left over. And we fed four of us on $30 a week. You can't do that today. You simply can't do that today. See, the dirty secret is, and the rhino Republicans that are wanting your money to run for re-election, we're going to show Nancy Pelosi and we're going to show Chuck Schumer. We're going to show them. We're, we're going to stop the Biden agenda. You just send us some more money and give us your vote. We're going to fix it in November. Don't believe it. It's a lie. They've been lying to you for 50 years that I know of in my voting. Oh, we, we, we get that couple of steps back every once in a while. Many people look at the presidency of Ronald Reagan. He was, in my opinion, a great president, but he had Democrats and he had to play in the system. And we increased our federal debt. Happened to under, under George Herbert Walker Bush. Happened during the Clinton years. Happened during the George W. Bush years. Happened during the Obama years. Happened again during Trump's term, and it's happening now. We have consistently increased the national debt all the years that I voted and probably the years prior to my first votes. They like to talk about, well, Clinton had a balanced budget. Yeah, how long did that last? It was a, it didn't get rid of the debt. It was just temporarily balanced with more taxes. Long story. I mean, once again, it is Washington bookkeeping to have you look over here and not over there. You, you know, don't, God forbid you ever see the truth. We are in a world of hurt. And just like cranking the handle on that jack-in-the-box, that lid is about to open, but this time, the spring's gonna come loose, the clown's gonna jump out for good, and it's all going to crash. It really is. Those that really want to control your lives, we're gonna talk about that on the other side of the break. This is important. I, I, I just, I know I've kind of set this conversation up. We're coming into a time, the likes of which we have never seen. And if this is not the great tribulation, you're gonna be going through some really difficult times and don't look for an escape hatch unless you help create one. Don't trust the politicians that have lied to you consistently. Look, I know there's some good ones in DC, honest brokers, I've met some, but I can also smell the phonies from a thousand feet away. And I get their emails every day with the same clickbait nonsense. We're gonna stop Pelosi. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna get rid of that agenda. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna. But they don't do anything. They promise, promise, and promise. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna indict Hillary Clinton. It's not gonna happen. You're believing this phony clickbait. And, and we need to begin to discern the real truth and figure out who you can and cannot trust. And let me assure you, some of those leaders that you think are doing you a, a favor 
are laughing behind your back. Do you believe in the ministry of truth to ponder? Radio, shortwave radio, I think, is, is increasingly becoming more important. It's not easy to keep it on the air. It's not easy to maintain them. It's not easy to run them. It's not cheap to be on them. And I need your help because, see, look, the Internet, we're going to talk about that a little bit in the next segment, is run by the tech tyrants. You know it and I know it. The government now wants to decide what is misinformation. They want to start tracking everything you say and do on the Internet. They want a digital currency. We'll talk about that, too. If you believe in what we're doing, I need you to do a couple of things. Number one, if you do listen, whether it be as a podcast or a shortwave radio, would you send me an email? Bob at truth2ponder.com. Bob at truth2ponder.com. I really need to assess what frequencies and stations are important. Because if nobody's listening on any particular station, I want to take that money and put it somewhere where people are listening or increase on those places that work the best. And if you are listening and you can help us with the airtime bill, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North. That's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. You can get the address, my email address from our website, which is truth, the number two ponder.com, truth the number two ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman, the master jeweler. Coming up, Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. I knew a great saint of God, Sabina Wormbrand, the wife of Richard Wormbrand. Jewish believers and leaders of the underground church in Romania and ministers to the persecuted church all over the world. In her last days, Sabina was in a hospital in Mexico in great pain. In the middle of this pain, she shared a story to those who were by her bed. She said years before in Romania, before she knew the Lord, she brought her jewelry to a jeweler to be worked on. The jeweler placed the jewelry in the fire. She panicked. She said, what are you doing? He said, trust me, I know what I'm doing. He turned up the fire. She panicked again. He said, you're going to destroy the jewelry. He said, no, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm a master at it. You'll ruin it. He said, no, no, I have to keep it in the fire until I can see my face reflected in the metal. Then it's finished. I can take it out. She told us by her bed, she'd been in great pain, so great, she asked the Lord, Lord, how long? I can't take much more. And in the spirit, she remembered the story of her jeweler in Romania. She heard the words, don't panic, trust me, I am the master jeweler. You must go through the fire for a moment, and it'll be finished when I can see my face reflected in your image. After that, she was in peace, and the trial was over. She went home to be with the Lord in glory. So you, when you go through your trial, don't fear. God's in charge, and you're being held by his arms of love. There's a purpose, a good purpose, not to hurt you, not to do you any harm. It's there to change you into the image of Messiah, into the image of love, so that God can look at you and see in your life the reflection of his glory, because you are his jewel, and he is your master jeweler. Want more? Ask for the way of the great. Now, listen, 
Hidden for 2,000 years, the awesome, unprecedented mystery of the temple doors and sapphires guaranteed to help you become strong and victorious in God. How do you get these gifts all free, easy? Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and to the unreached lost people around the earth in every nation. The farthest way you can ever touch the lost and spread the gospel is through shortwave radio. It's amazing, and you can be part. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. We do it all the time. You'll have a part in it. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be to you, my friend and Messiah. Or Ha'olam, the light of the world. To ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to take just a quick moment. I want to thank Jim Calhoun, who stepped to the plate again yesterday. What a great program he had. If you would like to reach Jim, you can always send me an email from my email address, Bob at truth the number two ponder.com. That's Bob at Truth. Number two, ponder.com. Over the last several weeks, actually for really a lot longer than that, but it really has become very loud in my spirit and in my mind and in my dreams at night. Something that was laid upon my heart a number of years ago. And I'm thinking maybe this goes back Oh, I can't even quite remember. First time I ever thought about this was maybe in the early 2000s. Different time, different place. But I had a bit of a vision for where I would be spending part of my ministry and my work and my efforts and my time. And and then circumstances changed and it didn't even seem like something that was even feasible. But it still felt important. Maybe you're following what I'm saying. Maybe you're not. Let me see if I can make it clear. Oftentimes, when God is leading us in a direction, it's not instantaneous like, hey, I want you tomorrow. You know, it's like, leave now. I know there are times that it is, believe me. But I truly believe that he prepares us over time for the ministries that we enter. I knew at a younger age I would be in in ministry, that I would be preaching and teaching. I knew that. But the doors were closed for decades. But when the door opened, it was obvious. And my heart and my mind were already already anticipating and prepared as I went through the door without any hesitation because I had been prepared for such a time that it come along. I'm truly feeling the same thing 
these days. I've been feeling it for years, over 20 years now, about 20 years. And, and I, I, I just feel that it's time for God's people to withdraw more from the world. The Bible says we are in this world, but not of it. But too many Christians are so deeply entrenched in the world, they compromise their own faith. Now, I'm not advocating that we all sell our property and head to the hills and, and wear white robes and wait for Jesus to break the eastern sky. I'm not saying that and never will because you become so heavenly minded to no earthly good for the kingdom. But I do believe, I do believe that we need to be prepared for the next wave of persecution on churches. I believe that unless you are a woke, non-Christ honoring, unless you're an apostate church, there's going to be some real pressure on the things you say and the things you do inside of even your four walls. We know the tech tyrants, well, if you're not into their agenda, in other words, you can't speak against transgenderism because transgenderism is real. It's a real thing. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking not long ago. Yeah, it was, what, two days ago? Was it Monday or Tuesday? What day was it? Yeah, Tuesday. USA Today, once a very innovative and cutting-edge newspaper, declared, you ready for this? Declared Rachel Levine with Health and Human Services, Woman of the Year. Woman of the year. This shows how scientifically, spiritually, immorally, and journalistically bankrupt the USA Today is. Rachel Levine, really Richard Levine, born a male, raised a male, married as a male, fathered children as a male, decided one day, out of the middle of nowhere. I am woman, hear me roll. In numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend I'm just going to come out and say it. Some people may not want to hear it. This will get me in trouble with YouTube, I'm sure, eventually Spotify or some other podcast site. But Richard Levine is not a woman. And playing into this fairy tale that he is with USA Today, Woman of the Year, Rachel Levine. Now a rear admiral or some such nonsense made by the Surgeon General, another dimwit. By the way, Martha, our, our Surgeon General, he made millions of dollars at a big pharma, so he's not biased, of course. And here's a guy that's supposed to be a medical doctor that understands the basics of biology that all of us learned in the 7th or 8th grade. And he cannot discern that Rachel is really Richard and not a woman, but proud to have her as the first woman admiral in the service of whatever it is they do. And USA Today just clapping their hands so excited that Rachel has now made it as woman of the year. Yeah, Penn State swimmer, you've heard that story before too. 
This is the reprobate mind in action. This is Second Thessalonians coming to play, where we believe the lie. We will scream that the lie is true, and you had better believe it or else. And it's not just in these absurd things like Richard Levine being a woman or this other guy uh, that suddenly he was a terrible swimmer as a man. And when he transitioned quickly to being a woman, he's now, you know, a superstar. This is insanity. This is insanity. We are told to believe. We are told to believe certain things, and if we dare question these untouchable narratives, then the tech tyrants and the established political class, including both Democrats and Republicans, just so you know, you can't can't mess with certain newly established norms that if you said most of this stuff 50 years ago they would have they would have been taking you off to the funny farm number one you can't ever say that uh you can never challenge that the 2020 election was the most secure election in u.s history and that biden got 81 million votes a record you can't say that any talk about any type of fraud is a baseless conspiracy theory and has been thoroughly debunked. Yeah, it's been debunked by those that stole the stinking election, if you hadn't figured that out. And the ones, <laughs> I got, Biden did not win Georgia. I spent a lot of time in Georgia. He did not win Georgia. The ballot stuffing won him Georgia. And if you ever ask any questions today, about the backstory and the history and all that goes into what has become the Ukraine crisis. If you dare even ask anything or share anything of the past eight years, 10, 15 years, 20 years, including the fact we had bio labs in Ukraine. Oh, yeah, that's been debunked. No, it hasn't. You can go on the internet to what's called the Wayback Machine. It tends to lock in time things that people try to make disappear. Yes, we did. Our military industrial complex got paid plenty of money to be involved. I see EcoHealth Alliance pops in there. Aren't they involved with Fauci and Dr. Barrick and others with the Wuhan virus thing? But see, you can't say that. And if you if you you you, you become a Putin apologist, you become, according to even um, Pierre Delecto, also known as Mitt Romney, if you say anything negative about Zelensky or Ukraine, or share any of the history of the coup we were probably creating in 2014. You become a Putin apologist, and you're a traitor. You're committing a treasonous act of misinformation. Romney is a swamp creature of the highest order. He's a chameleon. He goes from state to state like a carpetbagger looking to be relevant. 
And so he went to Utah to cash in on his, you know, religious background and ran for Senate. This is why I can't stand how the Senate is elected. It needs to be appointed again by the state legislatures. The founding fathers fully intended that the Senate was a firewall to an out-of-control federal government where the state's interest would be secured. Up until Woodrow Wilson, the man who sold out, destroyed, and completely turned America upside down and set it on a path to hell. Yeah, I just said it. Woodrow Wilson, the little educator from Princeton, set the United States on a path to hell. Whether he did it intentionally or not, I don't know. But creating the Federal Reserve Board, the income tax, taking away the state's power over the United States Senate, which was enshrined in the Constitution for a reason. The federal government couldn't ride roughshod on the states. But once it became a direct election, now you have people running for the United States Senate, and they get money from 50 states and corporations and everything else. You know, the ones that love to keep the United States in debt, the military-industrial complex, educational complex unions. What happened to the voice of the states? It was ripped away. And as a result, the federal government has grown and grown and grown. And starting in the 60s, we, got, we had some debt. Then in the 70s, more in the 80s. Well, it got really big. But nothing, nothing fathomable to today. And a lot of people don't figure this out that we, I was mentioning in the first half of the program. And I could live on $150 a week. My wife made about 80 bucks a week back then with a full-time job. We had no trouble making our house payment, paying our bills, putting food on the table, enjoying life, had a nice TV set, all that stuff. Because the value of the money had not been decimated by, by debt. Federal Reserve notes, not a dollar bill. It's a Federal Reserve note worth $20, whatever $20 or a dollar or $5 is today. When you look at inflation, as you keep borrowing money, you know, 80% of the dollars that are in the economy now have been put in that this economy in the last couple of years. And it, it just devalues the money you have. We keep doing this and doing this and doing this. And we are in hock beyond belief. You're told if you even want any truth about what the United States has done in Ukraine over the years, then you don't care about the suffering of Ukrainian people. I do care. I really do. And I'm also tired of the establishment class, Democrat and Republican, that have misled us and lied to us. You're considered extremists, alt-right, white supremacists, if you don't want your children to be taught to hate themselves because of the color of their skin, if it happens to be white. You cannot question Dr. Anthony Fauci. I should say St. Anthony Fauci, the pious. Even though many around the world have um, likened him a bit to Dr. Joseph Mengele of World War II fame, 
for knowingly sentencing so many people to die, withholding treatments he personally knew worked, and experimenting even on black foster children in seven U.S. states during the HIV mess of the 1980s, while pushing a treatment he knew was killing gay people and African-Americans and Africans in the hundreds of thousands. And of course, you must be silenced. You must be dealt with if you don't believe that men can give birth. You can't say that mRNA vaccines are causing AIDS. You're not allowed to talk about the biolabs in Ukraine. You can't say that that the SARS-CoV-2 had anything to do with Wuhan. You can't even admit that Hunter Biden had a laptop. And it on and on it goes. See, if you cross those magical lines, the tech tyrants are going to silence you. We're coming to a really different time. And I know tomorrow I'm going to be getting into signs of the time from a biblical perspective. I just feel very strongly I must. I'm feeling, as I mentioned, I was starting this segment, what God has laid in my heart and in my spirit these days. And it's, how do I describe this? There are several things we all need to do within our lives and ministries, and that is to be vastly more prepared than we are, okay? We need to be vastly more prepared than we are. We learned that at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, the 15 days to flatten the curve became 15 months to flatten the church, and a bunch of other businesses and lives were crushed with some really shall we say, questionable science. We've learned that lesson, but what are we going to do about it? So I mentioned before, we, we've, we've talked about the phony conservatives that are seeking your vote. I don't want to hear anybody tell me in another email, we're going to fix it in November. We are not fixing anything in November. Half of these so-called Republicans that will go into office are swamp creatures that are chameleons. They're going to they're gonna sucker you for your vote like Mitch McConnell did, like Lindsey Graham did, and many others. Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to come out and say it. I don't trust these people. I really don't. They haven't given me a reason to trust them in a long, long time. I feel God is calling us to work together in communities, not communes. It's a totally different thing. That while we're in this world and doing the things we're supposed to do, we need to be deeper into fellowship one with another. I'm thinking about something. I'm going to share more about this idea tomorrow. I mean, my wife and I may may sell a home we have and get a small piece of land where we can have a small home a chapel, and a place where people can come and and stay for a day or two. Maybe camp, maybe, I don't know, I just don't know. A place to come recharge your spiritual batteries. Too many churches have gone into being entertainment venues, not churches. And God's word needs to be preached. And I'm afraid it's not being preached like it should. I'm telling you, no man knows the day or the hour of our Lord's return. And, and there's so much I want to share with you that you've heard it before, 
out of out of Matthew's gospel. We're going to get into it tomorrow on the program. I think it's time. It is time that we become vastly more ready than we as a church have been. I've thought about adding some stuff to the website, truth2ponder.com. Maybe there can be a news aggregation site. I'm looking at things like called locals or my communities and, and other places that we can come together, share news stories, do some research, and also have studies on the Word of God. It's time that we get proactive and not reactive to the things that happen in this world. It's not getting better. We're not fixing it in November. So we better be affixing to be prepared. When we're so busy focusing on on politics, are we sharing the good news of Christ? No, we're not. And this radio program is going to have to strike a balance going forward. God has called me to a number of varying ministries that I'm trying to do the best that I can. On some things, I'm going to need some serious help. Pray. Pray for me. Pray what God... Look, we need to start working together for the cause of Christ. Another crisis is already in the works. The World Economic Forum, they despise Jesus Christ. Trust me on that one. They despise God's word. They want to be the gods of your life and this world. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They want to own it all because they feel entitled. They want you to be their slaves and servants and they'll own everything. And and you can have your smartphone, a place to live, running water and food, and a guaranteed income if you go along with their program. If you don't, hey, why do you think they want a digital currency? Grandparents won't even, you can't even send that dollar bill or five or whatever you send, like on the 10th birthday, a big $10 bill. They want to get rid of cash. They want to track everything you do. So how are we going to work together? How do we barter with each other? How do we we take care of each other? We'll, We'll get into that tomorrow. Do you believe in the ministry of truth to ponder? I need to know if you're listening on shortwave because we're really putting everything into shortwave more than anything else. And even though we're going to be doing other things, shortwave is still the biggie. If you can help us, Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Our mailing address, 5753. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview. One word, Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida. Zip code is 32536. That zip code again. 32536 32536 Now tomorrow as I said we're going to we're going to get into God's word I think it's time that we become vastly more prepared and educated on the things that are coming in our direction This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman To find out more visit our website truth the number 2 and the word ponder.com That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.